You're listening to All Things Crime, brought to you by Abject Entertainment. Be sure to check out some of the other great true crime podcasts from this network, including The Murder in My Family, Missing Persons, Scene of the Crime, Three Men and a Mystery, DNA ID, Malice, Riddle Me That, and Zodiac Speaking. All of these podcasts are available for you to binge on right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe where you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Warning. All Things Crime is a true crime production that may contain violent or disturbing material. Viewer or listener discretion is advised. Honestly, I think every elected official every elected official before they open their mouths should go on a ride along. Well, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do, you know, again, it's the same reason why they're not going to do the, uh, the simulations, uh, rounds. They're not going to do, uh, the virtual police tactics course. It's going to destroy their narrative without, you know, they're not gonna be able to say, do a, do a, uh, unarmed car stop with a straight face. They're just not, you know, after taking a police tactics course, I'm not going to do that. After doing a ride along where they see what happens, where they encounter a, a public that might be combative, God forbid they go on a job that goes completely sideways. It's going to change their entire narrative. I mean, it's it, it should happen. There should be a, a at least a, a, a class where you know some of these elected officials that have these outlandish ideas of what policing should and shouldn't be, should they take some sort of class? Sure, but they're not going to. To me, there can't be enough voices out there saying, we have got to stop this madness. You know, protesting is fine. But the moment you pick up a brick, the moment you threaten somebody, it is no longer a protest. You are now a rioter and you are now a lawbreaker and you need to be held account. Well, yeah, that's why there was a collective eye roll when uh, a certain former first lady said that uh, the protests were mostly peaceful. (laughs) <laughs> you know, cop was like, excuse me, <laughs> you know, every cop, was, you know, I, I was out there. It wasn't mostly peaceful. You know, when right. they were throwing lots of cocktails out of our vans, you know, when they were burning down stores and they were looting the, the Nike store and the Foot Locker and the Apple stores, you know, that wasn't mostly peaceful. You know, there, there was a small block during the day when they were peacefully protesting. Those people were all fine. You know, they, they peacefully protested and they went home. It was what happened that night that uh, really defined what was going on. You know, nobody boards their store ups, their stores up over uh, mostly peaceful protests. You know, you don't you don't impose a uh, time limit on when people can go out over a mostly peaceful protest. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, it's a matter of being honest with people. Mostly right. peaceful, not an honest phrase when you're describing these bona fide riots that went on. So, you know, just you, you have to introduce honesty into all of this or else nothing gets fixed. And you're right. Um, you, know, the, you know, the people in these high crime neighborhoods would give us a small nod when they saw us or, or you know, a quick thumbs up. You know, they didn't really, really want to be seen giving the cops a thumbs up, but they would give us a small nod, a small thumbs up. Those are the people that we need to be more vocal. You know, uh, I would say I would say 95 percent 
over 95% of the people that live in these high crime neighborhoods, they want us out there, you know, enforcing the laws and keeping people safe and, and doing our jobs. You know, you never hear over-policing from them. You always hear over-policing from these activists that don't live in these neighborhoods, from these elected officials that don't live anywhere near these neighborhoods. Um, but the people actually that live in these neighborhoods, I would say they need to get more vocal. They need to have more of a voice, more of a say, because they want us out there. Because when you defund the police, when you put handcuffs, so to speak, on the police, when you restrict what police do, they're affected and they know it and they feel it. Yeah, the uh, Mayor de Blasio is never going to be without security. Yeah. No matter what he what rules that he puts down on the rest of, of New York, uh, none of those rules are going to ever affect him. And to me, that's the number one problem with most of these activists and politicians is when they put out what they put out a, a huge amount of the time, it doesn't actually affect them. It, to me, it drives me crazy when, and, and I had this in college too. Have you ever had a college professor that is teaching on a certain subject, but has never actually done what it is that he or she is teaching? And uh, for example, I, in, in college, when I first, I, I went into, I thought I wanted to go into international business okay. and ironically, I ended up in international business, even though I, I bailed on that initially. <laughs> so how many of us are actually doing what we uh, thought we would be doing when we were 25, right? Listen, but, I, I knew I wanted to go into some sort of protection, but I didn't know, uh, what I was going to do, but, um, no, if you had told me at 25, I was going to become a cop, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, there you go. Well, you're a perfect example of that. But but fortunately for you right now, I mean, you have the uh, you you have the body type, man. What do you say on one of your podcasts? You're six two, like two sixty, something like that. About yeah, I, I I played football for a season for my job, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, geez, man. Well, I'll tell you, most of the guys that are six two, two sixty, and if you're in as good a shape as I think you are, then yeah. This is a good profession for you, man. You can handle it because I'll tell you what, I, I was also laughing at one of your podcasts and you're like, yeah, when you get pulled over by the cops, uh, you can just see on their face there. And, you know, if, if they ask you to step out of the vehicle and you step out and they're just like, oh, you know what? I hope, <laughs> I hope this doesn't go sideways, man, because if it does, it's going to really hurt. Well, there was one time I was in Virginia and there was a, there's a speed trap set up and, uh, the trooper gets out of his vehicle and, uh, you know, of course I pulled over right away, uh, windows down, hands on the wheel. And I remember he got to the car, he just looked at me and he goes, uh, sir, can I get your license registration? So, uh, I hand him everything. He says, sir, step out of the car. So now I'm thinking, oh boy, what's going to happen? I didn't know it in, you know, in certain spots in Virginia, uh, this is actually standard practice. They just want you to get out the car so, they can, so that they, they can take a good look at you. And I got out the car and the look he gave me, he just goes, oh no, like he actually visibly <laughs> said, oh no. So uh, I go, can I hand you one more piece of ID in my back pocket? He says, sure. I give him my uh, job ID. And he goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out uh, we had rented a vehicle and the vehicle's uh, license plate came back to a whole bunch of suspended uh, summonses, which wasn't my fault, which wasn't, you know, I don't know whose fault it was, but uh, he goes, yeah, I, I thought I was going to have to uh, put you in cuffs. And I was just thinking about what was going to happen. I said, no, you know, we actually wound up uh, becoming friends. Uh, I, I'm friends with him to this day. We call each other and joke around. But uh, he was so visibly relieved that he was that I wasn't going to fight him. And that I was actually on his side. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I get what that. I the, the, the most hand to hand that I ever did was uh, I went to ranger school 
in the with the with the army there's a, a certain section of ranger school where it's more about just beating the crap out of each other than it is actually teaching you know how to do actual hand-to-hand uh-huh. and there is a period in there that once you figured out what was going on for the training you're just like okay i gotta find somebody that is like smaller and weaker than me because I'm going to get the crap kicked out of me. And if there's some dude that looks like you, that's, that's going to be a bad day. And so I I can kind of relate with that, but you know, there's just enough scenarios that you just know, you know, anybody that's played sports and you're coming around the end and you see some dude that's like twice as big as you, and he's got a full head of steam and he just plows into you. You're just like, yeah, that hurt. Okay. I'm not sure that I want to do this anymore. And Predators. Their acts are evil. We call them monsters. We say no human could perpetrate the crimes they have committed. But in truth, only human beings execute these horrific acts. And if you're like me, you want to know why. To find out, join me, Ariel Cooksey, on my podcast, Malice. As a social psychologist, I dig into the psychology, sociology, neurobiology, child development, trauma, and other factors that come together to create malicious offenders. Find Malice wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, but every cop goes through that scenario. And that's that's another one of the things that I'm like, these politicians say, well, you know, not every officer needs to have a service weapon on them when they pull somebody over. And when I... <laughs> I, I can't imagine what your reaction was, but when I heard that, I was just like, are you out of your mind? These guys have absolutely no idea what they're walking up on. And, you know, they don't know if this guy is going to be peaceful like you were. If the officer is 5'10 and 180 and some guy 6'2", 260 gets out of the car, what are they going to do? Well, I mean, in my situation, it's, it's always helped a lot. My size has actually always helped a lot because uh, I get voluntary compliance more often than not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes it's, it's you know, it's, it's always the little guys, too, that always want to fight me, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. but uh, I do get voluntary compliance more often than not. You know, as far as the whole uh, don't don't take guns to a traffic stop uh, mentality that's going on. These people, again, this is the same shoot them in the leg crowd. This is the same, you know, tackle tackle the, the gun wielding bad guy crowd. You know, you have no idea what it is to pull a car over. Uh, I, I even said, you know, you can search YouTube and there's hundreds of videos of cops being ambushed on car stops. You know, aside from the domestic system, most dangerous thing we do. And these people don't understand that. They think that everything can get solved with just uh, a quick, uh, you know, tap on the shoulder or a quick, uh, you know, hey, sir, uh, do this for us. And that's not the case. You know, they, they don't live in the same reality that we do uh, when we have to pull these cars over. Car stops are dangerous. Again, you know, like, like I said, my Virginia story, this guy had no idea who he was pulling over. Uh, he, you know, he was pulling over a cop and didn't know it. Could I have been a gangbanger? Sure. Could I have been some guy that just got out of jail that's not going back? Sure. He didn't know that. For these uh, people that are saying, you know, they don't need guns on car stops. So I, I think Minnesota just said that they're going to 
have a, uh, uh, a traffic safety officer that's going to do these car stops from now on. This is going to go bad. And it's going to go very bad, very quickly. Uh, I don't know yeah. who, I don't, honestly, I don't know who would, who would sign up for that. Oh, I certainly wouldn't. Even at, even at my size, I'm not, I'm not pulling over a car with uh, that. I don't know who's in there without a weapon. You know, I need to be protected as well. So, I mean, it, 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 these people are just clueless. That's what it comes down to. They're clueless. Honestly, I think every elected official, every elected official, before they open their mouths, should go on a ride along. Well, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do, you know, again, it's the same reason why they're not going to do the, uh, the simulations uh, around. They're not going to do uh, the virtual police tactics course. It's going to destroy their narrative. Without, you know, they're not going to be able to say, do a, do a uh, unarmed car stop with a straight face. They're just not. You know, after taking a police tactics course, I'm not going to do that. After doing a ride along where they see what happens, where they encounter a, a public that might be combative, God forbid they go on a job that goes completely sideways. It's going to change their entire narrative. I mean, it's, it should happen. There should be a, at least a, a, a class where, you know, some of these elected officials that have these outlandish ideas of what policing should and shouldn't be, should they take some sort of class? Sure. But they're not going to. And again, you know, uh, I read Thomas Sowell a lot. And, oh, uh, that he, dude! That dude is amazing. Oh, he's great. He's great. I, I I discovered him. I would say about five years ago, and I've been reading everything I can to you know everything I can get my hands on, which is a shame, by the way, that I only I only discovered him five years ago. He's been doing his thing since since long before then. All right. But um, but, um he said that he doesn't waste his time talking to these uh, activists, these reverends that. Uh, make a they make, they make a career out of you know race hustling and race baiting he's he doesn't waste his time he, he's basically asking them to give up their main source of income and that's the same thing with these elected officials that's the same thing with these uh activists you know they're not going to give up what makes them easy money and while we're talking about easy money i'd like to congratulate uh the co-founder of blm on her fourth mansion you know that that she she moved into a white neighborhood you know because uh white supremacy is so horrible and so bad that she had to move into a white neighborhood, you know, is is it's is that kind of thing. You know, she's not going to give up buying mansions, you know. So, yeah, why talk her out of it? Why convince her otherwise? She's got hers. That's what matters. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't have a mansion, you know. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No, this no- uh, this this nice wood paneling behind me is hiding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's amazing what the virtual world can create. You know, we, we can we can make whatever reality we want. But, well, Zeke, I, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, there's so many more things that we need to talk about. We're definitely going to have to have you on again because there are so many issues right now with law enforcement that, uh, and again, I, 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 I try really hard not to make anything, you know, especially this show political, but it seems that law enforcement and politics and the media and everything are so intertwined right now that you really can't talk about one without talking about the other one. But honestly, just like you, I just completely ignore all of these people that don't actually have a, a basis to stand on. I'm like, look, if you haven't actually been in a uniform or at least walked alongside a guy who's in uniform, who's actually trying to enforce the laws that you're talking about, then stop talking about them because you, you, it's like ignorance to me is like the worst offense. 
It's like, don't talk to me if you absolutely have no basis for what you're talking about. And that's why I, I, again, I created this show. I wanted to talk to guys like you so that my audience can actually learn what it's really like out there. I think uh, social media has given voice to the ignorant. You know, people that have all these opinions on what should and shouldn't happen without actually having experienced it. And uh, policing and law enforcement, you know, that's like the main thing now that people can voice their opinion on without having an actual education. Like like I say, it's it's, it's ignorance. It's, It's, I know what to do to fix this. And then when you present them with facts and logic on why that wouldn't work, now you're, you know, they, they fall back to calling you names or they fall back to, you know, other ignorant people agreeing with them, you know, and they surround themselves with that, like an echo chamber. You know, I'm glad to do things like this where I can give law enforcement a voice, which was always my goal. Like I said, you know, uh, two days ago, uh, I just happened to be in the city walking and uh, a cop screamed, Zeke, you know, <laughs> And, you know, just came up to me and said how much he appreciated my words and how much he appreciated uh, what I'm saying and told me to just to keep doing what I'm doing. And that's a great feeling. It's just a great feeling. So, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Well, I 100% agree with you, man. Keep doing what you're doing because uh, giving your side of the story and getting more of the, the actual truth, but also the positivity that you guys do. And in fact, I was talking to a crime scene investigator out of Atlanta and we came up with a hashtag. So maybe on Twitter, you can do this. It's called hashtag Posipol, P-O-S-I-P-O-L. And it's kind of a playoff of Interpol. It's, it stands for positive police pictures. I, I got thinking that, you know, there's, there's around 700,000 law enforcement officers out there just in the U.S. Imagine how much different things would be if every single cop took one picture, and even if it's not about them, you know, because I know cops hate, you know, doing selfies and stuff like that, but just take a picture and put that hashtag posipole on it of something that you guys do. Because I know you have tons of buddies that are out there that they're buying shoes for the homeless. They are buying meals. They're helping people change tires. They're doing all this service amazing things that happen all the time. And yet they rarely get credit for it. And, and one of the biggest problems is you guys have to stand up. And, and when I say you guys, I'm talking law enforcement in general, you know, it can't just be the Zeke show. It has to be more than just you guys or just you, you know, speaking for the law enforcement community. Everybody has to contribute. But imagine if 700,000 pictures hit social media in some form or fashion with that hashtag on it every day, the difference that that would make. Well, I mean, I, I think the main problem, especially here in New York, that a lot of cops run into, um, is like you said earlier, they're afraid to voice their opinions. They're afraid to put their true feelings out there. Even even me, you know, like it, it took it took a while for me to get comfortable expressing my views, just because you feel like you're doing something wrong, just by having pro police views. Sometimes, you know, you're you're, you're going away from the narrative. So I, I think more cops need to be let know, you know, they, they, you know, need to let more cops know that it's okay to have pro-police views. It's okay to have pro-America views, you know. You need, yeah, I mean, you just need to break out of that whole mentality where you need to, you know, you, you feel the need to cover up how you feel because you don't want to get in trouble, so to speak, 
or you don't want anybody to think something of you, um, go ahead, be loud with it. You know, my entire family knows how I feel. Thankfully, they support me. And I think if more cops came out and just said how they feel, it, it would lead to an effect, a domino effect. And that's also what I'm trying to encourage. You know, it's okay to voice how you feel. Absolutely. Love it, man. Okay, well, hey, let's uh, let's pause everything like that. I, I, I know, especially as a military officer, uh, I have an amazing opinion on that, uh, that lieutenant that got pulled over. But let's save that for another episode. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, hey, appreciate you coming on. And you have a good day. And um, uh, be safe out there. And like, like I, you always say, hey, you know, we got your six, man. Thank you. I've got yours as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to All Things Crime. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please give us a positive review so other people can find it as well. Have an amazing All Things Crime Day.